everyone, and welcome to the Advertorium Solutions Podcast. We call it Salesforce Simplified. And I'm Mike Boyle from Advictorium Solutions, and today we're talking with Advictorium consultant Sean about Salesforce's B2B commerce. Hey, Sean, thanks for joining us today. Hey, pleasure to be here, Mike. How are you? Doing great. Let's just dive right into this. So tell us, what is B2B commerce and why should businesses care about it? So B2B commerce is a Salesforce e-commerce solution, uh, meaning it's part of Salesforce's product offerings. Um, and what it's kind of designed to do is expose uh, a company's product catalog online and allow uh, self-service checkouts. So really kind of taking, um, really putting the power into your customer base's hands, allowing them to get in there, uh, create carts. Uh, if you're running promotions, you can get some discount codes in there. Uh, and the other thing is you can brand these, uh, you can brand these sites specifically to your customer. So if you really wanted to, um, you really wanted to make it feel like, your customer was top priority, number one, you built a whole platform around them. You've got that option. Um, so why should companies care about this? Uh, it opens up an additional revenue stream for the company uh, and allows, um, kind of allows your users to take a step back from that order process and let your customers um, place orders on their own. Uh, it also opens up uh, a new channel for customer engagement. So you've got this whole new site that your customers can interact with uh, and based on some you know, metrics coming from the site and other metrics, um, you can kind of tweak this site and customize it to really meet your customers' needs. Gotcha. So we've established B2B commerce is a Salesforce product. So does that mean it connects to everything in a company's Salesforce org? It does, for the most part, yes. Um, so essentially what happens when we install B2B commerce into a Salesforce org um, you know, we will end up with a whole suite of new objects. Um, and these objects, we can build, we can use standard Salesforce functionality like process builders, flows, and build, uh, build some processes off of our B2B commerce objects, which extend over to uh, other, uh, you know, other clouds objects. So like, for example, um, sales cloud, we connect B2B commerce to sales, sales cloud quite frequently. Um, and the way we do that is essentially an order would come in um, and then we would go spawn an opportunity and some opportunity products associated to that to be worked to completion. So we give the customer what they want. And then if you're already using Salesforce, uh, we can kind of align that B2B commerce functionality with your existing business processes in Sales Cloud. So what differentiates B2B commerce from other e-commerce solutions? So I think the number one differentiator is the fact that it's built on top of Salesforce. So we get all the power of the world's number one CRM right at our fingertips. Uh, like I just mentioned, we can extend this functionality into other clouds. So sales cloud, service cloud, marketing cloud, Pardot, you name it, uh, we can connect to it. Um, but the other things, you know, with these legacy platforms, you would see a lot of custom code go into that, uh, into those sort of implementations. So custom code takes a little bit longer, um, you know, to implement as well. It's, you know, it's timely, it's expensive, and it's not very scalable. So, you know, one of the, one of the challenges that B2B commerce took on is how do we make this a little bit more user-friendly when we're setting things up? 
So they adopted a clicks not code methodology um, when, for, this, for this particular product, which means that instead of coding a page into existence, uh, we have a, a handful of templates that we can use uh, and we're dragging components and functionality onto the page rather than having to spend hours and day or days and weeks on um, days and weeks coding a page into existence. It could take you know less than a day, maybe just a couple of hours to stand it up. Gotcha. So tell us, what does a standard B2B commerce implementation look like? So there's four main areas of focus um, when we're implementing B2B commerce. One, we focus on the storefront itself. So the general look and feel and functionality that will extend to the customer. Two, we focus on uh, storefront integrations. So with every um, with every storefront, we generally see three integration points. Uh, one, payment processing gateway. This is the most frequent that we'll see. You know, if you want to accept credit cards or ACH payments, you're probably going to need a payment processing gateway. Payment processing gateways keep you PCI compliant, so you're not staying, or so you're not holding on to any customer's credit card information or uh, bank account information. Uh, um, and they also, you know, it just it facilitates that checkout. Um, it, it makes that checkout just a little bit easier for everyone. Uh, the second thing that we see pretty frequently is tax calculations. So. This doesn't apply to all business-to-business companies. A lot of the times we'll see some tax exemptions. Maybe you're selling to a reseller of some sort. Um, Maybe it's a government agency that you're selling to. But we still see it frequently enough to include it in the top three. So if you want tax calculated, we generally are going to need some sort of tax calculation platform, Uh, whether it be like an Avalara or a Vertex, or maybe it's a custom table hosted in your ERP. And then the third piece of that storefront integration would be some sort of shipping service provider. So UPS, FedEx, because um, we would need to return some sort of rate that we would then go um, capture on with the payment processing gateway. So those are the top three for the storefront integrations. The next area of focus uh, would be our product offerings. So you know, we need products to sell on our platform. Without that, we've got a website with very little content on it, maybe some marketing material, some menus and some categories, but we don't have products that defeat the whole purpose. So with that, it's not always as simple as just loading in our products. Um, There's things that we need to take into consideration. Yes, we need the raw product data, the price points extended, um, product descriptions, product names, SKUs, things of that nature. But in order to have a really functioning or, or like a, a truly functioning B2B commerce platform or e-commerce platform in general, uh, we need things like product media. So we need images associated to our products. We need spec sheets. So things that, um, that our customers can go and look at, make some comparisons against other products, facilitate that checkout or facilitate that self-service checkout. And then things like category association. So we need to define click paths in order for our customers to find the products that they're looking for. So it's the kind of behind the scenes work uh, with that product data that a lot of companies that are going into these initiatives overlook. And, and we end up spending more time in the implementation getting these things ready when in reality, we could, you know, we could be working on these things before we start an initiative that way that when once we start the initiative, we hit the ground running, we've got all of our data compiled, and we're ready to rumble. 
um, kind of in tangent with that is a lot of, you know, there are use cases out there where we might want to set up subscription products or kit products. And these more than likely look different in Salesforce than they do in whatever database that you're, that you currently house your products in. So there are, there is some time, there is some, there is a need to, kind of sit down, define what these kits and subscriptions look like, what components go in the kits, how frequent um, are we billing for subscriptions, things of that nature, so that we have all of that data at our fingertips and, again, can hit the ground running when we're setting up these complex products. The last piece of product offerings is we need to make sure that we're extending um, you know, the right set of products at the right price points to the right customers. So we basically, so essentially we need, before we, before we go into an initiative or maybe during a discovery of the implementation, um, we always need to define what a customer should see within the storefront. And that might be broken up by individual customer. It might be groups of customers. Um, it, it really depends on how you have your pricing structure set up. Last area of focus, backend process. So things like, so what happens after a customer places an order? Are we integrating with an ERP? So sending everything to the ERP to be handled? Is there some sort of manual process that we need to set up? Um, and other things like, you know, what happens if a customer runs into uh, an error that someone needs to resolve, uh, some internal team member needs to resolve? So ha- setting up those rep assistance processes uh, and things of that nature. How long does it take to do a B2B commerce implementation? So it definitely varies depending on the customer uh, and the requirements that come with each. So we, um, it, you know, to be fair, it is a fair bit of work. But that said, if, if you come ready to play with some relatively clean data, we're not spending weeks trying to sort through data and checking um, and, and verifying that, yep, this is in fact real or nope, that is not real or yep, that is a duplicate. Um, it, you know, assuming that we have some decent data to work with, we can get these stood up in under two months using mostly out-of-the-box functionality. Now, if we've got to go down a custom route, um, we generally see that extended to somewhere around three months. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty quick at the end of the day. Um, is B2B commerce strictly for B2B type sales? Can you use the platform to sell directly to consumers? So B2B commerce is not strictly for B2B type sales. Um, it is branded as such because there is a more specific B2C product that Salesforce offers. Um, but that said, just because Salesforce has another product out there that's designed for B2B, or excuse me, for B2C e-commerce platforms, um, doesn't mean that B2B can't be extended to be B2C as well. So we do have the concept of guest users uh, these would be users that don't log into the platform. They're just browsing, and we would define a, a set price point for all of our products for these particular guest users. So kind of when you're thinking about the differences between B2B and B2C platforms, a B2B platform is designed to handle more complex ordering scenarios. So massive kits, split shipments, things of that nature. Um, and with a B2C platform, they're, they're generally a little bit, you, you don't see it as complex ordering scenarios. Their whole, the whole goal of a B2C platform 
would be to get your customer to check out very quickly uh, and handle large spikes in user traffic. So think about, um, you know, if you think about uh, like a Nike platform around the holidays, it's going to see a whole lot more internet traffic than it does in say, you know, the middle of February, right? There, you're not going to see as much, as many users after the holidays as you would before the holidays there. So those sort of platforms need to scale to hit those holiday spikes. Uh, and they're designed to get those users out the door very quickly. When we're thinking about B2B commerce, you know, it has, it still has fast checkouts. It's a more, it, there's more clicks involved, but again, it's designed to handle those more complex ordering scenarios. So it needs to account for a couple more things, right? And then the platform itself, you'll never see a performance issue unless you have over a million people browsing the site at one time. So uh, the short answer is yes, B2B commerce can be used for B2C type sales. Tell me about some of the feedback that you've received you know, from, from a client after uh, it, it's been implemented. I, I guess I'm looking for like the, the oh wow factor. There's got to be some of that. Yeah. So I think my favorite story is about a small um, audiovisual company up in Alaska, actually. So these guys are, um, it's husband and wife, our CEO, CFO, uh, definitely started very small, have kind of started to flirt with that mid-market, um, with that mid-market uh, range. And so they came to us and you know, they wanted to do a B2B commerce implementation. Um, very much out of the box, not a whole lot of customization going on, not a huge budget to work with. Um, so we stood this project up in around four months. Um, and at the end of that, they were able to, um, they were able to bid on a RFP, RFQ, RFP, one of those RFs. Um, for the state of Utah. Um, so other big names that were competing with this RFP were people like Amazon, Office Depot, um, some big box names and you know brand names that you would recognize. And then there's this small little audiovisual company out of Alaska. So time goes by, uh, they get their RFP slash RFQ, or, or <laughs> one of those RFs um, submitted. And, um, you know, they, they end up winning the bid. They beat out Amazon. They beat out Office Depot. They are um, exclusive. They're exclusively contract with the state of Utah. And now since they've done such a good job, um, they're kind of smaller. They're definitely cheaper than the rest of the competition. Um, the national organization in charge of giving out these bids is taking a look to extend it to all 50 states. So, you know, it, it's really cool to see what this platform can do for companies. It opens a lot of new doors. Everyone's looking for that e-commerce solution. Um, you know, people, people want to buy digitally now. Um, and, and that is becoming a differentiator for some of these companies. Wow, that's that's an amazing story. Last thing I wanted to ask you, Sean, is what would your advice be for some company considering implementing a B two B commerce solution? So I think number one um, is make sure that your data is in a state that uh, an outside third party like Advictorium Solutions, so a consulting firm, could come in and work with it, manipulate it, make sure it's not, you know, make sure that we're not going to be spending weeks and months cleaning up this data beforehand, because 
at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's money out of that company's pocket, right? It's things that could be done internally relatively easily um, that you will end up getting charged for if you're working with a consulting firm. Um, the second thing is understand your ordering process. So, you know, an order comes in, what happens after that order comes in? How, what needs to, what processes need to take place? Um, who needs to be notified, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, kind of in tangent with that as well is what happens during the ordering process? What forms need to be filled out? What information is key to processing this order? And I think the last thing is, at the end of the day, these platforms are only successful if you have user buy-in. So, and your users in this case are your customers. So we, you really need to focus on the user experience. So during phase one, it's a little tough to focus on the user experience because there's so much that needs to be stood up. But the first thing after you launch that site, you should be reaching out to some core customers, getting their feedback, asking what you can improve on, what they like. Um, if the platform's easy to work with, just identify that core group of power users and get their feedback so you can iteratively uh, build upon this platform. Well, listen, you know, I, I really want to thank you for spending time with us today, Sean, and uh, giving us all this great information about Salesforce B2B Commerce. Thank you. Happy to be here, Mike. Anytime. And if you would like to learn more about how B2B Commerce can help your business starting in weeks, not months, visit our website. It's advictoriumsolutions.com. I'm Mike Boyle from Advictorium Solutions. Thank you for joining us for our latest Salesforce Simplified podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends to subscribe to our podcast on their preferred channel. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we sure would appreciate a five-star review for today's episode helps us get the word out about our podcast. Thanks again, and we'll be back again soon with another edition of Salesforce Simplified. <music>